This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit Tacovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Working Class Bowhunter podcast starts in 3, 2, 1. I think I left about 4, No one honestly really cares. Steve's calling me while I'm holding <laughs> getting ready for this deer to stand up. So. Glad you took this deer out. He doesn't even drive American. <laughs> See, that deer's what's exactly what's wrong with this country, right? He doesn't even support local American-made deer-compatible vehicles. <laughs> that one that one arrow cost me $33,000. Just aiming too long and just moved a little bit and I was like oh no it fired you know crap I knew as soon as it left it was just a little high but he came right out in the field made a scrape right in the cornfield started grunting walked 30 yards made another scrape you're listening to the working class bow hunter that's right this is the podcast for Billy Joe Lunch Bucket the working man just like me and you my name's Travis T-Bone Turner from the Bone Collector thank you for tuning in Well, we finally made it to episode number 70, the uh, pivotal moment where this podcast goes from great to even greater. This is the Working Class Bowhunter Podcast right here in sunny Sherrard, Illinois, 1600 Buck Slayer Place right here at the Buckatorium, and we're brought to you by the Bone Shed right there, 4200 MBL Drive, Ottawa, Illinois. I just want to say something about the bone shed i was up there a couple weeks ago. i'm steve by the way we got a full house kurt's in the business eric's here too mark's here mark is here we don't um, have to introduce mark anymore no, he's no, part no, of the group yeah <laughs> um I, I just want to say this this was super cool um i just wanted to get this uh right right out there right out in front um the guys at the bone shed poppy was uh was working on this guy's bow this guy bought a bow in california sent it to the bone shed to have him work on it, and then they're sending it back. And I believe this is the second time they've done that. Um, so if that doesn't say anything, eh, eh, you know, I saw the boat ready to go out, be shipped right back out to California. So that's a huge deal for a it bow is. shop. That hardly happens. You never hear like, well, at least in our area, it's not like 
man, yeah, you go down there, people send them their bows from California because they're that good. <laughs> I mean, you know, but they're, Poppy really is. He's 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 the bow wizard. He, that and he's a cool guy. You can talk to him. He's down to earth and he's like easy to deal with. Like he's not. It's just it's a blessing having him as your your archery technician. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like you can talk to him. Like, hey, man, can, can I try this? And you know, he's more willing to like try certain things with you when you want something done on your bow. And Steve, get off Facebook. <laughs> I'm not on Facebook. Thank you very much. It's Instagram. Let's just hear how distracted Steve is right now. I'm not distracted at all. So, guys, <laughs> we're going to call Steve out real quick okay, while we're in ahead. the middle of our intro. Go ahead. If he, if he... As you all know, we make fun and poke fun at Steve a lot because he deserves it. Yeah. But we put a wager out, the working class bow hunter group and friends, that if Steve loses 30 pounds by June 15th, we will throw money in for him to get a new bow. And mm-hmm. ding, 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 Steve's got a couple of bows <laughs> on his eyes. And um, so Steve said, okay, what if I lose more than 30 pounds by June 15th? Well, then I personally am going to throw in five bucks per pound that he loses over 30 pounds just to motivate him. And then there's some people throwing in for a bonus if Steve does it. Um, you could have a brand new bow. I could. Yes, sir. <clears throat> you know what's... Yeah, it's it's a big struggle. I mean, you know, I've been I've been trying to eat uh healthy all week. Um because I texted him and said, "Hey, when you wake up at 4 p.m., you're going to have to We're <laughs> 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 changing your life around." Yeah. <laughs> so, uh Yeah, no, it's it, it it's been kind of a struggle and um it'll be even tougher to keep the weight off when uh when Scott Smith or other uh partner there, Smith's Custom Meats. Well, you got you can have a cheat process. day every now yeah, and then. Yeah, they but... uh, Every Sunday. Deer meat's if, lean. You'll yeah, yeah right. deer meat's lean. Well, some it. of the stuff he was talking about putting in there. Yeah. I, I don't Portions. know, but... Um, You're our T-bone, Steve. <laughs> I am. <laughs> T-bone steaks. Oh. See? It's your mouth Goodness water. gracious. But if you guys heard a couple weeks ago, there will be some uh, some new items at Smith's Custom Meats and Deer Process. I'm thinking about food so much. Well, don't. Is that all you think about anymore? You're going to have to move on past Smith's this weekend. Yeah. Sorry, Scott. <laughs> or this week. <laughs> Yeah, this weekend. Um, I'm so hungry. We're also brought to you by what Steve wishes he could bring his T-bone steak in for, well, I'd say if he was working to lunch, and his Badland pack to take to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, we're show sponsored by Badland Packs. Um, if you don't know anything about them, you've never handled one, you need to check it out because high quality, like magnets, like pouches and stuff, but not like cheap chintzy magnets where you're going to lose stuff when you're on the trail. It's quality, like well well-built zippers like they're Heavy durable oh yeah um then also brought to you by creative critters taxidermy oh, no. man himself oh, right yeah. here what's up mark Woo. um in our opinion <laughs> some of the well i can say with confidence the best you're the best taxidermist in the quad city area for sure it's too bold for me to say in the midwest but yeah i should say that well, thank you appreciate i think that. you are mark i appreciate that thank I you, think you are. mark I'm is trying very particular in his work and you're a perfectionist, I would oh, say. Absolutely, yeah. You definitely are. Kind of in a weird way, yeah. That's why we have him here today. <laughs> yeah. But it's like it's got to be perfect. It's hard for someone who doesn't really like know taxidermy to like really appreciate like a good mount and like the amount of work and detail that goes into it. Like there's a lot of stuff that you really care about that you do on your mounts that they'll never see cuz it's like pre-prep work like in the form like yep. stuff like that that Yep, and that's absolutely half of it. What's underneath is just as important as what you see on the outside, otherwise, right? Which is going to fall apart pretty yep. much if you don't put like the care and the yep. effort into it. What's up, Steve? 
don't, know, I don't know what he's doing over there. He's evaluating. No, I'm not evaluating. <laughs> I was just uh, stuff. I don't know. <clears throat> I was just wanting to uh, make sure that we give our vet shout out of the week. Nice. Ooh, there you it's, go. Uh, we're gonna give a shout out to our buddy Trevor's friend Joe Clayton. Uh, I don't know if he listens, but hopefully he'll listen to this. Uh, I want to say thank you for your service, and you're part of the reason why this podcast is brought to you in English and not Russian. So, <laughs> thank God for him. <laughs> Just saying. Um, yeah, no. Always, uh, we always want to make sure, guys. If you got a vet that you want to uh, give a shout out to, or current um, service member, will do that too. Anyone who's fighting freedom, and we'll even let the Canadian Royal Air or whatever they're. Montreal Expos, whatever their armies called, we'll, let, we'll give those guys a shout out too because uh, Canada will be part of America one day. I got a feeling they're going to be like, man, those guys are. You can see Scott Clark already. Dude, told they're me. horrified like, of us. Yeah, no, they're, they're starting to come <laughs> oh. around. They're like, man, those guys, those guys got some freedoms, and we kind of want to get. You some know what that. destroyed America? Facebook. Yeah, Facebook really Politics. did not do. <laughs> Every, yeah, everything. Everyone's a political scientist on Facebook. They're like, yeah. oh, you know what? My political opinion's correct. Yeah, don't you work at Shoe Carnival? Get out of my face. <laughs> shoe Carnival? <laughs> I shouldn't be making fun of people with jobs because, you know. Yeah. Anyway. Steve would kill to work at Shoe Carnival right now. <laughs> oh, no, dude. I'd, I'd love to fit some 70-year-old lady with a brand new Asics. Love it. Yeah. With anyway. Steve, we'd see, like... Variation in Steve's style, just from shoe carnival, you know. Like, yeah. yeah, you have a new pair of shoes every day. There yeah. was absolutely nothing wrong with Al Bundy. Come on, Steve. Oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> was he? I thought he sold the uh, plumbing's, but oh no, no, no shoes, shoes. shoes. Okay, shoes. all right. You're thinking King of the Hill or something? No, no, no. no. Propane accessories. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Mark, Mark dated himself with that reference. Yeah. <laughs> so, guys, right now in Illinois, I don't know what it's like in your state. In Illinois, it's beautiful. Um, a little rainy this past week, but turkey season is kicked we, off We here. needed the rain, though. Um, we did. Dry. It, those morels will be popping yeah. this weekend, mm. I have a feeling. Um, so let us know if you guys find the morels and who's out turkey hunting. The Motown uh, O-Town boys, and I think the fiancé of one of them put down a turkey. Yeah, I saw that. Yep. Big shout-out to those guys yep. out to yeah. O-Town Outdoors. Um, Baker Levitt, good buddy from Killcliffe, he put down two Alabama Thunder chickens. It looked like from uh, Instagram. It could always be deceiving. Yeah. And then who else? I know, like all the all the bone collector boys. Oh, those guys have been knocking. Down. Clint, Tim Sylvia's Clint, Clint putting Swatch. them down uh, with hit hit squad outdoors. Chip City. Yeah, yep. Chip put one down. He put Greenleaf one. got one with his bow. Yes, yep, he Ryan, did. Ryan Greenleaf, Greenleaf one. Local guy around here. Um, someone else shot a. <clears throat> it's firing up. You're going tomorrow with Brandon, aren't you? Yeah, I'm going to film for our uh, good buddy Brandon, as Eric calls him, Bisqueeth. Yeah, he was on a handful of episodes ago. Yeah, yeah we went down. Uh, I went down with him, and we went. Uh, we were scouting out some land where he's going to hunt some turkeys, and then he brought his bow fishing rig. He almost shot a couple goldfish. Like we saw three of them. Oh, like, like those it, hybrid I mean, ones. Yeah, no, like somebody like just they were a pet and they let them go and yeah, they and they get huge. And uh, this wasn't that big. I mean, this was uh, a carp is a goldfish basically, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, a form. Yeah, yeah. He shot one carp. Uh, what's that? He's saw bowfin he took a shot at that's why i crack up when people get like koi fish tattoos i'm like yeah i'm just gonna get like a big ass goldfish yeah. on my yeah. arm just like what's up check it out you know oh cool that's a, that's a pretty carp you got there actually it's not, yeah i got it at uh petco 
<laughs> my, he's my pride and joy. <laughs> I bought him from some dude off Craigslist. <laughs> oh man, but yeah, bow fishing's firing up. Speaking, you know, yeah. tanks yeah. trying to hook me into bringing my bow fishing yeah. boat to work, which I'm gonna have to next week. Um, oh, hey, speaking of Craigslist, um, if anybody's interested in a uh, Matthews bow, I know someone who's got one for sale. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, message us for more details. <laughs> um, but right now, turkeys are hitting the dirt. Um, I saw a turkey today with a broken fan. He was trying to strut around, and his, I don't know his, I don't know what was broken exactly, but his fan was not working. He thought it was, though. <laughs> so I don't know how much pain he was, if at all, but uh, it did not look good for him over they there. Don't feel I pain. think uh, Nick Matthews yeah. just shot a... Uh, well, he did. Shot a... He shoots... Uh, I think he was in Wisconsin when he shot it. He shoots for the bone shed. Yeah, and you know what? He won that uh, that tourney. He did win the tournament last weekend? Yeah, he, um, he took first place up in... Um, they had their 3D shoot-off. They had their league and their 3D shoot-off. And, uh, yeah, he took uh, took home championship gold. Awesome. Yeah, dude's a stud. Yeah. I beat him in darts at the bone shit one time. <laughs> if you guys, if you guys <laughs> ever see him up there. I was there. I didn't see him up there. He goes by, uh, he goes by Thick Nick. And uh, he... It does not go by Thick <laughs> no, Nick. <laughs> Chris Cartwright wanted to make shirts of him. Uh, he runs... Um, uh, oh, I forget. Man, I, I, I knew I was going to space on the He's name. He's a contractor, right? No, the uh, the bow fishing thing he does. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. He has a construction business also. Yes, I think. he does. Man, it, man I, space on the name of it. Well, let's transition back into okay. turkeys. Um, but yeah, I saw a turkey with a broken fan today. Felt a little bad. Saw a bunch of them strutting around, and that's why we wanted to bring Mark in and talk about turkey taxidermy because I feel like the majority of people are first deer hunters. Second, turkey hunters, because it's something to do in the spring. It is fun. Well, that's because we're north of the Mason-Dixon line. <laughs> it's the other way around. Well, that there. is very true, actually. Um, you know, a lot of people out west are really into hunting turkeys and whatever. But um, I feel like a lot of people in our area, like the, I don't know, I'd say 80% of people that kill a turkey don't really know that much about, like, turkey taxidermy. Like, they do, like, a, a deer mm-hmm. shoulder mount, you know? like. Yep. It's uh, less common to see people with turkey mounds. Yep. Um, and in the years past, I mean, think about it. Turkeys weren't always around. That's very true. Yeah, yeah. Made, true. Made a big comeback. So Yeah, that's a good point. <clears throat> I mean, it's common to have mounted, you know. Do you feel Do you feel like most people are kind of unge- uneducated about turkey taxidermy or getting oh, yeah. one mounted? Oh, yeah. They have no idea what goes well, into yeah, it. Cause, yeah, because, you know, most turkey mounts you're going to see, you know, other, like, you know, people get the, I don't know if it's. Uh, what it's called, where you just get the 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 um, the fan mount, the fan yeah. mount, yeah. Right. Um, but like you know, with the with the turkey, it seems like you almost have to get full body. I mean, you're not just going to get like a shoulder mount no, of a turkey. No, there's there's so kinda, many there's so many cool options. Looking, Most people do do that either life size or the tail and the beard. But there's a breast turkey breast mount where it's the breast and the head. Really, <clears throat> which is actually really a cool thing. Yeah, I like so that. Kind of like a shoulder mount. Yeah. Yep. Of the and, turkey. Uh, yeah. Yep. It is basically, yeah, uh, and you can actually do get, do you get carried a quarter away and do two the wings. And... And, yeah, no, it's <laughs> straight dead mount. <laughs> you can get the wings and stuff like that fanned out around the edge of the uh, like a panel, where you still do the tail and the and the beard and spurs and stuff like that. So they actually have a lot of parts, so you can do you know you can do something with the right. spurs, you can do something with the fan, you can do something with the head, you can do something you know mm-hmm. with the wings. So. <clears throat> if you break them up, you can do a lot of different options. Really, What's... I feel I feel like that's the way you got to get turkeys, man. Like if you look at Kurtz, um, the way he's my got full it, mount, yeah, his, my... his full, yeah, like a full mount. 
Like, I feel like that's the only way you could really do it, because you got to do it no. super cool. There's a well, bunch of different ones. Well, no, I, I, no, the, I know there actually, is, but, but I'm saying me personally. That's actually a good point, because that's how I feel, because they're such a beautiful bird. Yeah. That, you know, when you're done with them, you're like, good Lord, look at that thing. That's like, turkeys beautiful. are colorful. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And they're way prettier than a deer mountain all day long. They really are, yeah. Yeah, they're a beautiful bird. Well, so, the majority I mean, of people think turkeys are black. <clears throat> Or, like, I guess brown, I don't know, farm turkeys. You don't really see all the colors from far away. Pure white. Yeah. You do when you're up there. <laughs> Pure white, Steve, yeah. in Steve's case. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, you know, like, you see a turkey, Tyson. like, if you've ever... <laughs> Tucked under lettuce and tomato and mayo. <laughs> see, I don't have the experience turkey hunting like I do deer hunting. Like, you know, I've been, I've turkey hunted for, I don't know, probably since I was 18, like, spring turkey hunted, whatever. But I've never really been so invested in it where I feel like... I'm really experienced at turkey hunting. Yeah. I've killed a handful of turkeys with my bow and a couple with my shotgun. And, but it's like when they're coming in, you realize like, oh my God, like a, you hear a turkey gobble at a farm. But like when you get one in the timber and he's coming in, he's at 20 yards and he gobbles oh, and you yeah. see all the colors when he's shining in the morning sun. It's, yeah. they're amazing animals. They are really pretty. Yeah. I took a buddy of mine out last year. Well, he took me actually, but I had the call and I was calling and I stopped calling. He goes, good grief. Aren't you calling way too loud? And I said, no. He goes, really? I said, yeah, just wait till they get closer. And then, like you said, Gobbler got about 20 yards away from us. Go, go, go. Yeah. And just, <laughs> I mean, it was like, you know, you could feel it phone. Almost. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. He was like, good grief. Right. You weren't calling too loud. Uh, it's, yeah. They make some noise. Like that gobble. Like if you're, and when I'm mushroom hunting, I'll hear them where, I, yeah. where I'm at. And you can just hear them forever yep. through the woods it just travels just echo echo through the woods yep. you know the worst thing that uh when you're when you're deer hunting in the fall and like sometimes you can hear them gobbling you're just sitting there you're not seeing anything for hours and they hear some some gobbling going on you're like oh here they come and nothing oh uh, well you know it's just the, like it's, turkeys it's get too... hung up really really big too like or really bad too because i was working one one spring and he came up i called him all the way across this big hay field and he and they ne- they say a turkey never cross a fence. Yeah, for a call. Yeah, I called and I this turkey was so fired up he hopped on top of the fence post and was oh, strutting wow. in circles on top of the no fence way. post. Wow! He hopped the fence and I'm in the ground blind. I have it on film. My DSLR camera that I was filming the turkey come in. I have him coming across the field. It died on me. <sighs> I don't know why. I wasn't never filmed for that long with it. Well, I have my GoPro in the corner and this like of my blind on the ground, so it was pointing up at me. And this turkey strutted in from the left of my blind, and he's like ten yards, just full strut doing yeah, yeah. circles. And I'm just like, try try to draw back on him. Drew, he kind of didn't really see me, but you know how they are with their oh, vision. Yeah. He kind of just, and then they all started like to pass me. He quit fanning around and stuff. I, he was on to me. Yeah, I started to get nervous. I had one thirty yard shot. I don't know if I hit my ground blind or what, and shot way <laughs> low. But. <laughs> Kick my butt. But back to the taxidermy thing. For your customers that deer hunt and turkey hunt, you know, that you see, how many do you think actually get a turkey mount? Is it not near as many? I mount a lot more deer than I do turkey. Um, in fact, a lot of taxidermists won't even do turkeys because they're just such a job, just an undertaking. Right. So they'll send them out to another taxidermist. Some guys, you know, will specialize in birds. They only do, you know, upland game birds and waterfowl. Right. Some guys just specialize in turkeys. I mean, there's shops around the country that'll do 
300 turkeys in a year, you know, five oh, or six wow. guys working together. And everybody wholesales their turkeys to them because they're just, like I said before, I can mount a life-size black bear in the time I can mount a turkey. They're just so much work. See, and I, I think the majority of people are willing to spend the money on a on a deer shoulder mount. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to the guy that normally yeah. does that and he gets a turkey and he's like, how much are they? Well, yeah, you, yeah, you tell customers, oh, turkeys are 650 700 bucks. Depends on if you're flying or strutting or, you know, layered breast and all this stuff. Right. That's like you hit them in the head with a hammer. <gasps> 700 bucks, 650 bucks. Are you kidding me? But <laughs> think nothing to drop 600 on. A yeah. Right. Yeah. I should yeah. be charging 800 really right so <laughs> come do one and you'll see why <laughs> right well yeah well the yeah. thing is like i've never mounted a turkey i've i've mounted a deer with you and you know you obviously you're my teacher um but i think people's i don't know the interest like people that want to get one mounted they don't realize the work that goes into it mm-hmm. and it's just i don't know it's like a different ball game oh yeah absolutely. so can you we'll just start with the process of like getting the turkey mounted and what's up steve He's over here playing footy with me. No, I'm not. I'm just looking at him. Being... Yeah, so just I'm, it, I'm listening. Take us through the steps of like getting a turkey and just run us through the process so people can kind of get a feel for what it's like. Yeah, right. Basically, you have to obviously thaw them out because, well, if if they're frozen, I should say, mm-hmm. you have to thaw them out, get them more flexible, their wings and legs and stuff like that, so they move around. Um, if they're fresh, you know, it's easier. But right. basically. Plan on probably not eating the meat if you're going to have it mounted. You know, a lot of guys. Oh well, I want the meat. Well, you know, it's it's gonna. I'm going to be skinning it for a while, and it's going to be right. you know, in bloody conditions and things like that. So it's probably just not a good idea to even worry about the meat at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so basically, I make a a leg to leg incision inside. So I go down the inside of their leg. I start where the scales start on their leg on their uh, what is that? Their femur bone on right. the leg start down there and just they have dinosaur legs yeah yeah <laughs> skin across the belly and up the other side of the leg and basically then you just peel the feathers back along the scaly part where the legs uh the feathers meet the scales right go all the way around the leg and then start skinning the leg down around the humerus bone and the thighs you know all the way down to the body then you know, start skinning down around the tail fan or the vent mm-hmm Peel that down, disconnect the tail, um, turn them over on their bellies and start skinning down their back. Skin their back all the way down to their to the back of their neck. Then you go around to the front, skin their breast all the way down to where you basically skin this turkey all the way down to oh his middle of his neck area. Then I mm-hmm. go to the head and find where the skin from the head meets the feather line. And take a scalpel and go all the way around that skin and cut just the skin right at the edge of the feather line. Mm -hmm. Then you actually take clippers, cut the head off, save the head. Um, The head is, I put that in a Ziploc bag, half full of water, and then put it in the freezer. Then the ice freezes around the head to protect it from freezer burn. And then, oh my God! Yeah, you got to make sure if you're making uh, martinis at night, you know, you gotta... <laughs> yeah. yeah, don't mess up. <laughs> it's a turkey beak. Yeah. So basically, the the head is a, a big thing. You you can either have them freeze dried. I send mine to be freeze dried, which they mount them, mount the head over styrofoam. They they clean the skin and the head out. They save the skull, but take all the neck meat out and clean all that up. Stick styrofoam up in there and pull the skin down over the styrofoam and pose the neck 
skin down, you know, towards mm-hmm. back towards the feather line. Then they pose it like that and put it in a freeze dryer, which sucks all the moisture out of the skin. It's kind of funny because a turkey head, if you actually skin one out, you can take it almost like a rubber band and stretch it out like two feet long. Really? But, oh, really? but in, when they got it all scrunched up, it's only, you know, six inches. So it's kind of <laughs> interesting. But uh, so What a sent, weird animal. Yeah, yeah, they are a weird animal. They definitely are. So I send the heads away to get freeze-dried to come back to me. Then you paint them, and then they're ready to go. Um the you actually you just paint them up real quick and it's ready to go. Yeah, just hit, simple. Hit, yeah, hit, yeah. Hit them with yeah. a rattle can. Yeah, yeah. Rattle yeah. Can them and be yeah. done with it. I missed seventy five steps there. Um, <laughs> so uh, then anyway, you finish skinning out the neck and then you gotta cut the legs off and everything with the skin and mm-hmm. and save the legs separately. Cut the tail off. Save the tail separately from the actual body skin <laughs> and the head. So turkeys actually become a lot of different parts. Right. You know, you got the head, tail, it's skin. Like a, it's like a puzzle. Feet, yeah. And so then, what do you have to do to preserve the feet? So you actually, some people pull the tendons, some don't. Out of the legs, they got a lot of tendons that control their toes and how they walk and move and everything. Yeah. Um, so basically, you you clean the meat off of the bone, clean that up. I have a wire wheel. I take it across a bird flusher, mm-hmm. which is basically a little motor with a wire wheel on it. You just hold the bone up there, and the wire wheel knocks the meat <laughs> off it. It looks like a, it looks like a, like um, like a uh, what do you call that? The like the rotary, um, not rotary. It's like a, like a sharpener type deal. Yeah. I, I was looking at the. It's kind of like a one of the pictures. I can't. It's think a wire of, wheel, but like you a, a, like a belt, not a belt sander. I can't think of the. Well, I was at like Mark's studio on a huh, like a Dremel. No, it's like the table mounted. Um, it's like a grinder wire wheel. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. I can't think of the name of like it. Like a bench grinder. Like a regular bench Fletcher grinder, looks like this dangerous it, spinning exactly blade. Is. Yeah, in fact, the flushing mach- the flushing wheel is kind of scary on birds because that wire wheel can catch and just jerk that bird right out of your hand yep. when you're flushing the skin and tear it up and everything. So it's pretty tricky, but um, so. Basically, after you get it skinned out, like I said, you separate the legs, you clean the legs. Um, I soak them in a a bath, a Protex pre-soak. It's like a preservative. Mm -hmm. It's a liquid, um, and it preserves, you know, you got to take tools and get the bone marrow out, like uh, pipe cleaners and stick things down in their bones. Yeah. Clean the marrow out, bone marrow out, otherwise it'll stink. Yeah. and then basically, when you're skinning up the breast and stuff, you separate the wings at the ball joint where it meets what I'll call their shoulders. So you still have both. I'm doing the turkey wing. The chicken dance talking with my hands. So anyway, you got to take the meat off of the bones, of the humerus bones, which are the wing bones. And then you actually turn the wings upside down from the bottom side and make a big incision open up the radius and ulna bones because there's meat in there scrape all that meat out oh my too. gosh it's yeah actually i brought a book uh from breakthrough magazine a uh, couple of, of subscriptions that i get being a taxidermist breakthrough magazine and taxidermy today are two different magazines and they put articles out and i just was thinking about this today and i brought it I think there's 72 steps oh, that really? they put in this book to skin <laughs> and get a turkey clean, even, you know, just to start the fleshing Just process. to get it right. clean. How many steps is it to, like, <clears throat> just a typical deer mount? You know, nothing oh, special. Oh, basically, yeah, just skinning, fleshing, tanning, 
Well, I mean, there's probably 50. <laughs> right. <laughs> but but it's nowhere near how involved a turkey is. Yeah. This seems like but you're dealing with a you're dealing with a whole body here, not just Yeah. Yeah, neck. not just the shoulder. That's that's yeah. true. Yeah, that's right. very true. But this seems like yeah. it's more <clears throat> delicate. Oh, absolutely. You know, turkey like everything is, about it is. Yeah, turkey skin's very thin. Because then you got the feathers, holes. too. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know? It's it's unreal. And that was like my first thought. <laughs> I was like, I was like, you know, the, the before I even knew anything about taxidermy, I was like a kid. And like, you know, and you'd see something like I was always like, you know, man, how'd they get all the hair back in there? So like my first thought <laughs> was like, without even thinking, I was like, Dude, do they just go and glue individual feathers in there? And I was like, no, 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 no. That'd take you six years. It'd yeah, take yeah. But, but uh, yeah, they're they're absolutely unbelievable. Um, is there something you do to like the the skin to make sure the feathers don't fall out? Uh, um, that basically is how you flesh your bird because after you get the skin off, basically you weigh the bird on a scale when it comes in. <clears throat> if it's a twenty-one pound bird. You look in the supply catalog, you order a body size for a 21-pound bird. 25-pound bird, get a bigger body. So there's a styrofoam body underneath there, just like a white-tailed shoulder mount has styrofoam underneath it. So you order the body, and then, you know, you have to preserve the legs. I inject the legs with the leg injection fluid to plump them up to make them look fleshy and fatty. Otherwise... They can shrivel and dry when they when they dry and look bad. Mm-hmm. Um, you also got to paint the legs, which is a huge process. Um, <clears throat> then I'll take, like I said, you separate the parts. You take the tail. You clean all the fat and tissue out from between the quills on the tail fan, and then fan it out. Let it dry. Which I did that at your shop. Yeah. Yep. Yep. You use the little bird flusher wheel. Mm-hmm. And How fun's that? Clean the tail. That's. It's not fun. It was the first time I actually did it like that because I've yeah. done one on my own and <laughs> I just like boraxed it and let it dry up that's, and I epoxied it. That's what I was going to say. Everybody says, oh man, do I own turkey tails? I ain't paying nobody to do turkey tail. Well, nobody can do a turkey tail like I can do a turkey tail. <laughs> you know, I guarantee you, that's your true. turkey tail is not clean. What's true is because I, I got it clean. I have it on the wire. I'm like, man, I can't get anything else in here. I'm like, hey, Mark, is this good? Well, you might want to get a little bit more in yeah. right there and a little bit more over here. Two hours later, he's yeah, I'm like, like, is like, this still good? No, nope, not yet. <laughs> you're getting there, though. You're, you're doing yep. good. You're doing yep. good. So basically, I, fan, I clean the quills out or clean in between the quills out on the tail fan, fan that thing out tape it down to cardboard drying it in the pose that i want and then put borax on it borax is a like a dishwashing granule yep. powder mm-hmm. and it actually has things in it that's a preservative it's like bleach and soap and stuff like that it's a bug proofer um so you and then after that fan dries then i'll actually take bondo or like kurt said <laughs> you know some kind of epoxy and put that on the quills well that locks those quills in place so that fan stays open <clears throat> and then I'll bondo a wire into that tail so I have wires to stuff into my bird body. So you just skewer the tail right onto the the actual styrofoam body. Then you take the legs, once you inject them and they dry, you shove well you shove wire in them before you inject them. My bad. You have to wire all your wings and your legs on all birds. Well, you don't you don't have to, but that's what you should do. <laughs> Basically, take big giant wire, like 10-gauge or 12-gauge wire, shove it down under the leg skin along the tendons, make it come out the bottom of one of the toes, but stick out the top of the leg, tape the wire to the 
<laughs> to oh the leg God. bone. And then that way you actually have wires sticking off the top of your legs and you can push them into your styrofoam body right. to attach the legs to the styrofoam body before you even think about putting feathers on. So, yeah, I'm trying to wow. skip stuff. Yeah. I'm trying to skip stuff and not, not get too long-winded. But. So the next <clears> time, <throat> yeah, you uh, you want to try to haggle with your uh, price for taxidermy yeah. or turkey. Think yeah. about your shit, boy. Yeah, yeah. Just, just know what's going <laughs> yeah. into it. Yeah, Tell them to go you, listen to this podcast first, and then they'll figure yeah, out Yeah, all why. you got to do is complain once, and the price goes up 100 bucks, and the heartbeat, no feelings hurt by it. <laughs> 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 well, that's the thing. Like, yeah. Mark, when I was, uh, I was working with you that one winter, and I'm like, Man, I didn't want to work on a turkey, but I, had, I knew I had to learn. And I'm like, I have no idea. Like, I feel like a turkey just, I feel like it would never come together. Yeah. You know oh, what I mean? Yeah, it is. it's it is. You see, probably, I would say you see more bad turkey mounts than you do deer mounts, but that's not true. Because um, there's not as many. Yeah, but it's so easy to just jack up a turkey because people <laughs> just don't know. You know, I mean, just in general, where do those feather tracks go? Like, when you turn the skin inside out now you have this giant skin full of fat and it's just nasty basically and you have to wire wheel the whole entire turkey skin numerous numerous times you wire wheel the skin and then you put it in a a soapy water bath and the dawn soap gets rid of the grease then you drain it take it back over to the wire wheel flush it and this goes on and on and on over and over again until you feel that skin's clean and the quills from all those 10,000 feathers come through the skin in feather tracks. So, like, you know, in certain parts of a turkey's body, they have more feathers. In other spots, it's just these little tiny down feathers. Right. But basically, you have to clean all those feather tracks, get the fat out of there. Then once it's cleaned, I soak it in that Protex pre-soak bath to actually preserve it again. Right. And then... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know, after your rinses and baths, there's about six baths in there along that I'm not even going to tell you about. But then you actually <laughs> have to take a, a hair dryer or your vacuum cleaner or a right. blower on blow and blow dry that turkey for three or four hours, probably. I think you were telling me about the, the blow drying process where it just looks like so wet and sad yeah. and it's never going to come together. It, it does. It like how like many hours do you think from when you start blow hit the, hit it with the blow dryer till it's to where you want it. So it's totally dry. Right. Probably a solid three hours. That long? Yeah, you stand there with there a there blow dryer, dryer yeah, for three dude, hours. I'm telling you. You, you haven't rigged anything up like to set it like in like a C clamp. So it just keeps doing it. <laughs> yeah. I got a yeah, I got a rig actually. Okay, that kind of helps. But uh, I all right, so the price should be dropping a little bit. No, I, I yeah, was, right. Did, yeah, you didn't let <laughs> We're me finish. Almost thirty three minutes of this <laughs> of just explaining <laughs> how it's done. I'm still holding the blow dryer. I just have something to hold the bird still. Oh, there you go. <laughs> oh, but basically, man. you can speed that up by taking your bird once it's out of the last bath. Wring it out gently in a towel, and then put it in a big bath of lacquer thinner. Oh, really? Yeah, and don't do this at home. Trust me, it'll blow your house up, <laughs> unless you know what you're doing. <laughs> but then what the what happens is the lacquer thinner will displace the water that's in the bird, mm-hmm. so it'll cut your dr- blow-drying time in half. But you have to be careful. You should do that outside or unless you have an explosion-proof fan, because as soon as you, all those lacquer fumes start filling up your room, 
and you turn on that electric hairdryer. Oh. Kapowie. You know what I mean? Kapowie. Anything. Right. Yeah. Any Mark flame. is on his third studio, so you should know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Been there, done that. So, like, the, that lacquer thinner won't, like, discolor the feathers nope. or do anything it like that? It actually degreases and takes oil out of the skin and the feathers, too, and actually will clean feathers. Really? So, yeah, it's actually kind of good for it. But So, are you? would you rather do that rather than... Um, I guess if it's taking that long, you're not going to worry about, like, frizzing up anything with the with the heat on the blow dryer. I mean, would you almost rather do the lacquer every time or? Yeah, you know, I if, always if you used can, to. If you can do it safely. Yeah, I always used to because I wanted to cut the speed and everything. But um, you actually put the blow dryer on cool until the last 10 or 15 minutes. And then you go to warm air because actually it's really cool. I mean, if you've never seen it, next time take a turkey feather and kind of spread it and like grab it and almost gently rip it open along the edge. And then take your fingers and start at the bottom and slide them right along that rip. Their feathers are almost like a zipper. They will almost zip themselves back together sometimes. So basically, <laughs> it's pretty cool. It's hard to explain, yeah. but you need, now, you need a leaf blower. Yeah, yeah. So, a lot and I do. I got a Kirby vacuum, and that's that sucker's <laughs> on blow, and it's. <laughs> I mean, it works great. I'm kind of, but I got away from doing the lacquer thinner because it actually dries the skin on the inside out too. Oh. So basically, mm-hmm. it almost displaces so much water that while I'm blow drying, my turkey skin's turning into dried onion skin. Right. So. Right. so well, huh. I've been curious about, like, with, with feathers, um, you know, if, like, you take them and, like, yeah, it's not, like, the middle part, but, like, yeah, where you can, like, peel them apart like a crow feather or whatever, and it's, like, they're they're, they're solid, but then you peel them apart where, like, it could. Um, what What is that that connects? I've never looked into it. What connects that, like, connects those feathers to make them look, you know, just, like, perfect, but when you rip it up, they don't go back that way? Yeah, I can't answer that. It's actually just that's how the feather... That's a deep question. Yeah, it's just yeah. how the feather's made up. It's it's, And that's why I said it's almost like a zipper. Right. Like, you yeah. can actually take and, you know, put it back together. Like, you know, turkey feathers were used for arrows back mm-hmm. in the day, and, you know, your feathers get messed up, and you take your fingers and go... And slide it along your, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, your vein, your feather... But and it kind of fixes itself. I don't know what's in there. It's just how they hook together. So it's it's Velcro, dude. <laughs> Velcro. They're just made of Velcro. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, this answers that. What's your favorite like style of turkey mount to do? Because the mount I have is it's like a it's a goblin turkey on a branch. Yeah, so it's I guess he's on a roost, right? Yeah. And his fans out and stuff. Yeah. Um, they're cool. I like those because there's a lot of action to them. Mm-hmm. My personal favorite would probably be a big full strutter. Really? With his head straight back. Oh, yeah. And all his all his back feathers are pushed up against the back of his head. He's all puffed right. And up. he's all puffed up. And he looks mm-hmm. like a giant butterball. Yep. Call him Puff Daddy. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> That's God. probably my favorite. Flying is actually extremely imp- impressive, though. I like those. If you see a flying mount done well, they're beautiful. So it's tough with for me with turkeys i like you know i like them all right but, but yeah there's putting them together what's the most common the tail and the fan Just or the right. ta- tail fan and the beard right regular strut but, type but of thing. as far as that goes yeah as far as a full body mount yeah i'd say full strut right yep. where they got their wings down i didn't want to do the full up. strut because of the, uh, I don't know, I just it's a classic mount. I feel like my my buddy's got one on a pedestal and it like sits up like that's you know it separates his like his kitchen from his dining room. It sits there, mm-hmm. and it's a cool mount. But I like mine on the branch. I can hang it on the wall. It's different, and people walk in and 
it amazes me that people never get close to turkeys. Yeah. But they're like, oh, my God. I had no idea turkeys were that big. I'm like, yeah. they're dinosaurs. Yeah, they they're are dinosaurs. Yeah. They're little velociraptors. Yeah. Just- <laughs> yeah it, it, it's, and it's such a weird, uh, weird critter, too, because a lot of the – a lot of times when when people get the get pictures of them, you know when you when you see them strutting and you know you see them doing whatever out in real life, but then when it's not like a deer after you kill it when you know you can position it for that for that trophy pick, you know, it's always like you know you see the bird and they're just like dead and they're like you know laying there and sometimes the the fans aren't so a lot of times these pictures don't. Got to take don't good do pictures, it. man. It's a key. I to know, everything. yeah, but it's it's a lot of times you see it, and they just don't do the bird justice of how cool they are. Yeah, that, oh, yeah. that's kind of a gripe of mine. You know, whenever I see like a a dead turkey, it's like you know you didn't. I don't know. You didn't do that that critter as much justice. Yeah, um, it's hard cool to do them one in a picture because you don't like like we were saying earlier. People think they're black. Yeah, yeah. right. They're yeah. not black. And, you know, there's I don't know how many subspecies of wild turkey we can find mm. out here in about two seconds but oh, there's four main ones and then there's a gold's a gould's turkey too that's kind of like yeah gould's it's kind of like a fifth one but it's not as well so this known. is on national wild turkey federation um nwtf.org um this is learn about the wild turkey subspecies you got the eastern can you guys see that on the monitor yeah. okay. yep. you got the eastern Ooh. the osceola florida wild turkey um Get this name from its location. Only found in Florida. There are about 100,000 of them in Florida today. Yeah, Osceola's are cool. Um, considers, considered the toughest species to call in. Adult females weigh 8 to 12 pounds. Yeah, it's small. Um, mostly black wings with very small white bands. But they're actually a... That's where you're going to get the classic mustard out for that. That's um, The Rio... Um, Western desert regions of Texas, Oklahoma, Kansas, and other Western mm-hmm. states. Mexico also harbors a healthy population. <laughs> All right, um, this might be the coolest looking turkey that Gould's Gould the Gould tur- Gould's yeah. turkey. Yeah, Merriams. Uh, that's I don't know. I always like the Merriams. You got the snow white tips. Yeah, the Merriams yeah, are so cool. Merriams are real cool. Yeah. So well, yeah. So is the Golds. Um, light colored tips on tail feathers. Wings oh, yeah. and moderate cool. in coloration. Adult males weigh 18 to 30 pounds. Adult females weigh 8 to 12 pounds. Mm-hmm. Is 30 pounds pretty normal? No, that's males? a big turkey. Yeah, that is a big, big turkey. Yeah, I'd say my average is uh, 23, 21, 23, 25. Really? Yeah, 26. Okay, so the oscillated wild turkey. Yeah. Um, it's a 50,000 square mile area in the, well, I can't even say that. Yucatan, Yucatan Peninsula, Yucatan Peninsula. Mexico. Yeah, that's Northern the ones with the beans. really beautiful feathers and green and blue and the weird oh, looking, yeah, yeah, weird yeah. looking blue heads with yellow it and red Kind of like a warts. peacock almost. Yeah. Like with all the colors. Adult stuff. males yeah. weigh 11 to 12 pounds. Adult females, 6 to 7 pounds. Wow. Yeah. High-pitched gobbles are preceded by a hollowing drumming sound. we got to no, hear one of these things after the podcast. No beard, yeah. very long spurs. Yeah. White and black wings, gray tail feathers, and blue and gold tips. Rainbow-like iridescent feathering. Yeah. can't believe I got that out. <laughs> yeah. Mark, what was the name of that? Uh, ter- he pulled up a, what was it, like the scientific name? For oh, yeah, the, the Latin name. I did that before I Yeah, came. he's like, hey, Steve, what's I this? Like, How do you uh, pronounce uh, this? I almost had a stroke trying yeah. to pronounce it. Man. The Latin name for the scientific name, I should say, for a wild turkey is 
I'm not going to say it right, but it's Melagris Galapavo. <laughs> so perfect. In another fun now t- you sound really smart if you can say that twice. Yeah. This is the turkey show right now. Yeah. Another fun <laughs> fact about turkeys, we learned this from Chip City also, but we did some further research. Birds normally, well, they do, breed through their cloaca. Yeah. So <laughs> they do more things through their cloaca. Yeah, they do everything. <laughs> everything yeah, it's comes everything. out of the cloaca. Um, number so one, number like, two, and number so three. So the cloaca <laughs> is that how they say it? Cloaca. No. Yeah. Yeah. Is okay. The the orifice that serves as the only opening for the digestive, reproductive, and urinary tracts, if present, of certain animals, opening at the vent. All amphibious birds and reptiles, oh, and a few mammals, have this orifice from which they excrete both urine and feces. Latin, I don't know if this is true, but it, it, we were looking this up before the show. It says cloaca, the Latin translation is sewer. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know that, how true that, that, that is. That's right, pretty much. Yeah. A little bit well, of everything. It is okay. a sewer. Lord help us all. Let's see if I can get this one out. The cloaca region is also often associated with a secretory organ, the cloaca gland, which has been implicated in the scent marking behavior of some reptiles, amphibians, and what the, what the hell is that word? Uh, marsupials? Mar- monotrims? Click on that. Let's see what that is. Monotrim? Monotrim. Oh, it's a mammal that lays eggs. Hey, I was right. Oh, a platypus. Yeah, you platypus. Yeah. Um, a boy, Steve. What do you use? Uh, <laughs> so, use useless <laughs> knowledge. Platypi. What what animals are in that? A platypus, long beaked. In enchilada. What is that? Enchidna. It looks like a enchilada. It looks like a porcupine that just got a haircut. Enchilada. That's what it looks like. Well, this is we can get into all sorts oh, of details. Man, yeah. That is extreme there. Um, okay. Cloaca. Um so yeah, I mean a lot of people don't realize that. <laughs> oh, there it is. Birds reproduce <laughs> using the their cloaca. See. This Good occurs Lord. during a cloacal kiss in most birds. Birds that mate Wait, what, using what did they say? Cloaca kiss. <laughs> birds that mate using this method method touch their cloaca together in some species for only a few seconds. Sufficient time for sperm to be transferred from the male to the female. <laughs> the reproductive system must be reengorged prior to the He's mating a season. He's one-kiss chump. Man. <laughs> what do, dude, they're dinosaurs, man. They're yeah. alien dinosaurs is what turkeys are. Yeah, what else animal has waddles and a snood? Fish have a cloaca. <laughs> <laughs> Marsupials. So kangaroos, they're not as cool as you think they are. They're a little yeah. weird on the alien side. Yeah. <laughs> See, them. I just, you never would know. What's a golden yeah. mole? What is that? It's a mole. It's probably a mole. It's a mole. Is it gold? Let's take a look at it. Oh, where are you seeing that? <laughs> right there. You oh, just right there. Golden, right there. golden moles. Ah, that uh, thing is ugly. Oh, he's got not, cool shine Moles are not good looking so anymore. Mark, do you think, how hard would it be to mount that thing? Uh, not too bad, actually. <laughs> it doesn't have any eyes. <laughs> yeah, it really doesn't. You don't have to worry about it. Pretty easy, yeah. Gold, he's got cool color to him, not like yeah. a turkey or anything. He's got a sweet cloaca. <laughs> <laughs> That's all he's got to put detail into is a cloaca. Yeah, See yeah, how right, realistic yeah. the cloaca uh, is? Starfish. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. I feel like it's we a, it's about more like a sand dollar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. We, we went on Cloaca and things got yeah. weird. Oh, yeah. boy. Thanks, Chip City. Disgusting. <laughs> yeah. But uh, it's, it's weird, you know, now that you think about, you know, how they. Um, it's like. 
you know, with with most critters, I mean, you know, you've got you know one way, but yeah, it's it's just so odd that like they'll just no, and they're done. You know what I mean? Like it's just <laughs> it's kind of like you, man. <laughs> no, no. Oh, no. he's trying go. to get rid of some insecurities here. I'm backfired. <laughs> it's like let's put belly buttons together, guys. <laughs> Taking a little so, too far there. I, I, I don't know. Yeah, they're they're, they're definitely a, a weird critter. Would you ever I, see like a turkey run? They're they are dinosaurs, oh man. Yeah. Oh yeah, they can haul the mail. Actually, they run fast. Mm-hmm. Actually, I call it a vent, and I sew it shut every time I mount one. So now I'm going to have a different thought process when I'm sewing. What, what is it? A, sewing a shut blow off the valve. Cloaca. The cloaca. <laughs> see, you learn something. Yeah, new I every did day. learn something new. You yeah. call it a blow off valve? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just put a little rubber O ring on here. You're good to go. <laughs> <laughs> turbo blow up. <laughs> so, yeah, but basically, I guess if you were going to get back into the body part of the styrofoam, you actually have to wire the wings and the legs. And then how do you keep like when you wire like the when you say wire the wing to the body or whatever yep. and the legs, how does it how do you keep it to stay in there? Is it like. What what keeps it sticking? Yeah, basically, like I said, I take like a 12-gauge piece of wire, 14-gauge, 10-gauge, whatever, different yeah. sizes for different parts. And then I sharpen the wire on my little grinder to a point. Mm-hmm. And then I stick it d- gently down in the wing pocket, run it along the radius and ulna. And then I actually push the point of that wire into the last uh, feather quill, which is the Alula which is a long time ago, one episode I said turkeys have thumbs. It's the last little joint oh, yeah. on the end of their wing. They have three feathers on it. It's called the Alula. But there's a solid spot in there. You push that wire down in until it stops. And then you take zip ties and zip tie the wire to the uh, ulna bone, which mm. is part of their wing bone. Right. And then you know you put like clay or uh, wood wool or some kind of cotton batting in between those bones mm-hmm. and wrap it with string to rebuild that muscle that you took out of the wing wood wool yeah yeah wood wool is kind of like ground up wood finely ground up mm. wood um so basically we zip tie the wire to the bone going up the radius and ulna and then also bend it and then run it up the humerus and wire it you know, and, and then we mm-hmm. use electrical tape to tape the wire up and down and up and down that humerus bone numerous times. Um, so you can actually wire all four parts, both wings and both legs. And then you actually drill holes through your styrofoam in the appropriate places where the legs and the wings attach. Shove those wires through the foam. They crisscross growing through the foam. Come out the other side. You do a U-bend on the wire and smack it back into the foam. So basically, <laughs> yeah, you're wiring those wings and stuffing it through yeah. that styrofoam body, doing a U-bend, like I said, attaching them. So basically then, once you stick all the wire legs and 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 wings through, get those attached to the styrofoam body, then you can start closing the stitches, and then you can actually take those legs and wings and move them move and pose them. Yeah. Right. Because they're wired, dude. No so, one would ever think that that yeah. much went into a turkey. No, mount. but now, now that we've told people, if you guys see your turkey mounts missing wings and legs, some junkie had to get a fix. <laughs> <laughs> it's just insane, you know. Because I move when I move my turkey around, I'm scared I'm gonna like break it because it seems yeah. so fragile, which it probably is. Yeah, yeah, um, you got to be a little careful. So, Derek Kilberg sent in a question, and mm-hmm. I think 
he said something about how do you let me let me let me find the question here. So, yeah, um, about once you get the turkey, um, how do you get and keep all the ticks and lice off them? The first two I shot back in high school were covered in lice, and also care tips after it's been mounted. Yeah, basically, for there's a couple different ways I would do that. You could either put them in bag them and put them in a freezer, let them be in the freezer for a couple of days. I do that with deer; it kills ticks on deer. Mm-hmm. Um, and the lice, you know, you put anything in a, that that cold that long, they're not going to survive. Yep. Right. Or you go get uh, that, like an insecticide spray can, you know, like Raid or whatever, yeah. something that has pyrethrin in it, and then put the bird in the garbage bag, spray some of that stuff in there. I think you've talked about this before. Yeah, seal up that garbage bag, and then yeah, it, that that's another way to kill domestic beetles, is what we talked about before. Mm-hmm. And seal up that bag, let it sit for a few hours, and it should kill the lice and the ticks. So same thing as as a deer um, care with, yeah. with killing the, the yeah, bugs. Yeah, killing the ticks. So yeah, what about, like, okay, my turkey right now is probably really dusty. Yeah. Best Basic, way to dust them. Like I said, with deer, I'd use compressed air, but not on a turkey because you'll blow the feathers all over the place, and it'll look like crap when you're done. So basically what I would do is steal your wife's blush brush that she puts blush, blush on brush. her cheeks. <laughs> you know, the little, turkey. Yeah, the, yeah, little turkey duster is what I call what about it. A or if Swiffer. you guys don't have yeah. a wife, <laughs> Swiffer. If you guys yeah. don't have a wife, go to uh, yeah. Walgreens and pick yeah. one of those up. Go buy a blush brush. It's like a little fat paintbrush that your wife uses to put blush on her cheekbones. Uh-huh. Anyway, <laughs> take that and just you know go in a flicking motion the way the feathers go and gently. You know, it's almost like dust. taking a paintbrush. Can right. you get it wet a little bit? Or? Just no, 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 don't do that because that'll change the shape of the feathers. Mm. And they're so full of down feathers that it'll soak it up too, and they'll get matted looking. And that's what takes so long to dry a turkey is they got all that down feathers, mm-hmm. and you have to blow dry and blow dry and blow dry and blow dry until you fluff that thing like you can't believe. You tell my fiance to take notes because she put my down pillow in the washer, and oh, you know, yeah. it never dry out. We <laughs> yeah. threw it away. Yeah, it's <laughs> a little upset. Soggy mess. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And by the way, turkeys, turkeys can run up to 25 miles per hour. Yeah. yeah they can cruise. They can cruise. Um, so do you love turkeys, Mark, or do you hate them? I cringe when people call me to say they got a turkey they want to have done. But at the end of the day, it is my favorite mount to do. I it mean, is, really? After it's done. You know what I mean? Right. It's it, To me, it's one of the prettiest mounts there are. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Because they are impressive. And maybe it's more that way to me because I know what goes into it. Right. You know. Well, I mean, maybe people need to be more aware. I mean, we should do a video. Yeah. Like, a ti- like if you did a time-lapse video of a turkey mount, yep. I mean, yeah. people would be like, whoa. Yeah, I'd be amazed. I'm sure yeah. there's one out there somewhere. Oh yeah, yeah, I'm sure there yeah. is. Yeah, it's unbelievable. You put them back together in, in like sections. If you try to just start on a turkey, and start skinning, do all that, taking apart all those parts, and then right away do your fleshing, and then right away do your blow drying, and then mm-hmm. start putting that thing back together right away. You will get so burnt out by the time you get done. You kind of so, got to do it in steps. Yeah, I do it in steps. I get, I order the, I weigh the bird. I order the body. I get the body. I get the legs and the tail prepared. Mm-hmm. Get those things done and get them out of the way. I send the head off to be freeze dried. Wait for that to come back. While I'm waiting for that to come back, I'm doing all the body and the right. in the in the styrofoam form prep, and then the skin cleaning and blow mm-hmm. drying, and then you know then I'll then I will go to assembly once I get the tail and legs. You know, I'll have the styrofoam body standing there, 
<clears throat> with the legs on it and done and the tail fan already dry and ready to go. So then it's slipping the skin on. Oh, the, some of the coolest things about them is the the way the quills go through the skin. You actually take and before you sew up your incision, you put caulk. Like I use white latex caulk and just pump it underneath the skin along the body. Yeah. And then use my hand to on the outside to kind of smush the caulk around and get it all over the body <laughs> underneath the skin and not in the feathers. Good Lord. Yeah. Kind of keep those feathers in place. Yeah. Because the way the quills poke through the skin and those feather tracks, there's, you know, an eighth of an inch of quill that sticks through that skin. Kind of like a and, porcupine. But yeah, is that so the muscles shorter. can move them a little bit to puff them up? So basically if you don't do that, your turkey can be all flat and just you basically got quills laying against a styrofoam form. Right. So if you put a caulk barrier right. in between, yeah. there, it kind of gives that space in between gives, the styrofoam yeah, it gives and that the space. quill. And then you can taxi your skin. Right. You can move your skin around, put the feather tracks in the proper places, and then when the bird starts to dry, you have to go with tweezers and adjust every single oh. feather in those feather tracks and get them lined up because they lay on top of each other in a shingled manner. And trust me, when you blow dry a turkey, it turns into a mess. It goes from a soggy, ugly rag to the most beautiful thing you've ever seen. And then Dude, that's insane. you have to adjust How many feathers the skin. Are on and a turkey? I don't know. I should count someday, but I don't have that much time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I would have to say just ballpark. Five thousand easy, I bet you. Oh, probably. And you have to tweezer every one. You have of them? to tweezer almost every single one of them so to adjust you, them. How do you get it to like where it's? <laughs> and where you it don't is. adjust it once for the next three to four days, Ugh. because that caulk is wet. So you adjust right. that feather, and over time, gravity takes effect. Yep. The feathers start dropping. Oh, next I can day, imagine that, back, Mark. Lift them up next day until that cock starts to set up. You're playing with feathers for days. When I did, when I was at your shop every day, when I was working with you. With the, even deer mounts, like a lot of, I don't know if a lot of guys get a deer mount done and then go hang it up. Like we went back over some of the mounts we did three days ago and checked them every day. Oh yeah, made sure everything was good, nothing moved. I did a little fine tuning adjustments. Like it, it's crazy yeah. the the work that even goes into after a deer mount's already mounted. Yeah, it, it's just yeah, you just nuts. don't mount it and say okay and put it aside and ignore it until it's dry. You have to babysit that thing for five days at least. It's insane. I remember that we went to your uh, winter studio and there was like a full. We gotta do some videos. Full there. mounted deer and it was it was like a it shoulder looked mount. Good to go. Yeah, it was a shoulder mount. It was like good to go, and uh, it was like right. It, you could tell it was right in your workstation, mm-hmm. like right where you need to work on here. I still got a lot to do on this, and I'm like I'm looking at it. and I'm like. Yeah, yeah. I didn't even do any finish work. He's like, dude, that looks like it's done. Yeah, I'm like, I'm like <laughs> looking at, it. and you get up close, and I think he told me what you had to do, and I was like, oh yeah, I could see it now. Totally yeah. could not see what he was talking yeah. about. Well, you know, I was but, in your studio a couple of weeks ago, and I'm like, walk down, I'm like, Mark, that deer looks good. That's the same deer he's talking about. Is that oh, the one? Yep, okay. yep. Yeah, it does. A lot of people say that, man, that looks great, and that that makes me proud that my deer looks that good before I even do any finish work. Right. So, you know, and finished work is basically the airbrushing, the epoxy sculpt work, and rebuilding, right. and painting the nose, and putting the bumps back on the nose. And well, know. I'll tell you this: when I went to taxidermy school, Joe had a, he had a live deer pen where you go in and like mess with a live deer, feed it, and pet it, take uh, reference pictures. Mm-hmm. And your mounts really do look like straight live deer. Like it's 
you think you know what a deer looks like, but until you're like up like petting one and yep. it's like eating leaves out of your hand, you don't really know yeah, what a deer looks like. When you shoot like. one, you don't really like yeah. go over it and study the thing. Well, you yeah. see it when it's dead. Like right. a yeah, live right. deer right. is like uh, totally yeah. different. They're so alert and just with yep. it. Yep. Well, you don't look at every little crease and hair pattern, right? And all the intricate muscles and the inside all of the, the nostrils, and yeah, right. you're just like, yeah, I got a deer, man. Look at that rack, and right, you know, cool. Well, the cool thing about this deer, when I was around it, when it was live, it was August. Mm -hmm. No, it was, yeah, it was August. So shorter hair, and it was Mm -hmm. in velvet, and so I could see all the, like, the creases in the ear, the earbud where the muscles were, and then the neck and all. And that's that's what a lot of people around here, like, I know some taxidermists in Florida, Texas, they warm down there, they have short-haired deer. Mm -hmm. You come up here to the Midwest or Canada, they're just... Thick hair, you know, our ears right. are so woolly and full of hair. It's it's cool, but that hides that thick hair hides the detail. Yeah. So I have to take extra effort to put in more detail to make it show on these you right know, ha- more thicker haired deer. And most people around here will not do that because it takes so much time. But it's a difference. Well, I have yeah. some mounts from other taxidermists, and yeah. they're good mounts. They look like yeah. deer, but they're kind of. When you compare it to something that you have, they're kind of bland. Yeah. There's really not a lot of, like, lifelike and real detail. Like, if I was in the woods and you put one of your shoulder mounts at 10 yards and put it to where I couldn't see the the body, I could just see the shoulder mount, I would think it was a live deer. Yeah. You'd take, you'd take a shot. You know, I'd be, yeah. I'd, I'd be ready the, to shoot at What's it. the robo-deer they got that, that thing that the yeah. DNR will make it? See who's yeah, getting out of the size. truck. And I've done that before. I take a deer and I'll put a screw in a tree in the woods and I'll hang the deer on and then I'll kind of back up and get to where the camera won't catch the back half of the body that's not there. <clears throat> Just take a picture of the front of it and they do look legit real like, oh my God, I would shoot that thing. <laughs> you so, should like, uh, you, know, you should I, get your camera picture. I, I, like <laughs> I thought you were going to say sometimes I hang up because you have a little patch of woods by your house. Sometimes uh-huh. I hang them in the woods and wait for people to stop and see if they think it's a oh, real yeah, deer. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no. That would shoot fun. my customer, dude. Yeah, that's what happened. <laughs> hey, do you think, uh, you know, for those, for those uh, customers who uh, – no, never mind. That's going to go down a dark path. I was about to say, is there a way you could put a camera in one of the eyes? Oh, <laughs> you know, no. like, always be like a security camera watching here. I was like, no, that's a, that's, that's the funny go. thing about turkeys, too, is like I was saying, you can, you know, like you're saying about paying attention to the muscle detail and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I look at some turkey mounts and, you know, there's scapular feathers, which are, you know, just below their back feathers. It's yeah. just a smaller section on each side mm-hmm. above their wings. And, to make them look full and plump and stuff like that, I make an incision underneath them and pump caulk under there and actually put cotton balls, like five large jumbo cotton balls under there and re-sew it shut to make those scapulars stick up and Just plump make up. Pop. Yeah, because if you actually stare at reference pictures of turkeys, you have to know exactly where all these feather patterns start. And there right. should be certain lines on that bird that you can follow with your eye and it's so easy to get a turkey skin all twisted and wrong and <laughs> I in can the wrong imagine. place. And yeah, when I look at stuff and the normal person looks at stuff, I can just glance and say, ooh, you know. Yeah, right. Yeah, and most people are like, oh, it looks like a turkey. That's pretty good. But it's, like you said, if you don't really know and study them, right. then. Yeah. Well, I'm <clears> just amazed. Like, some people don't even know what it is. 
Yeah. And they come over to my house. I'm like, yeah, what's that? Where are you from? <laughs> <laughs> you know, but people the are they're like, it's I a crow. The city. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's the raven. <laughs> Big Robin. Yeah. Yeah. But it's just like, <laughs> you can People don't realize they're di- I every time I see them, I'm like that's a dinosaur. Yeah, you know that's just all I think of the whole time. But they're they're a very neat animal. Um, people that hunt them respect them in a way, but I feel like the general population thinks they're dumb. Yeah. Well, you know, turkeys will drown if it rains. No, they don't because there wouldn't be any turkeys. Yeah, yeah. you know what I mean. It like, rains everywhere. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, yeah. If you, if you think turkeys are so stupid, trying to. Try and creep up on one. Well, people are so skewed by the farm turkey industry, which is huge and whatever, you know, but it's. They're actually really cool if you really study and get into all the different sounds, the noises, the calls, the body displays, the way they can use their muscles to control all those feathers Mm -hmm. and puff up and do the things they do. I mean, spitting and drumming and kikiing and. Clucking and purring and gobbling and yeah. strutting and you know dragging the tips of their when the when the male will puff up in full strut right. just and he does like a spit and a, and a sputter yeah. and he'll drag the tips of his uh, primary feathers yeah. on the ground and it makes those quills hitting the ground or the veins of the feathers hitting the ground just. If you look at my mouth, it gets gets a coagula pulsating. (laughs) (laughs) If you look at my full mount, the tips of his feathers are all. Yeah, they're usually worn flat at like a 45 degree angle. Yeah. Because they drag them on the ground. They're amazing animals. They are. I should know this, but what's the average lifespan on a a wild turkey? Mm, uh, I don't know. I I can look it up. Probably. That's probably not a good way to age those birds. Yeah. I need to I need to post that video. I bet it's three or four or five years, you know, depending on how hard they're hunted and what the coyote population is around. Coyotes stuff, play know. a big role, I'm sure. Yeah, Haw- yeah. And hawk population. Yeah, and the other ones. No. Uh, the average life expectancy of a wild turkey oh. is about three years. Some oh. turkeys live much longer, but most wild turkeys die young. Yeah, I was thinking three to five because you, if you see a guy that's got two-inch spurs, He's got an old bird. You know what I mean? Yeah. The record of a for a banded hen in the wild is about 13 years. One gobbler in Massachusetts lived to be 15. Wow. I know the um, <clears throat> the turkey I got, the one I got full-mounted is the biggest one. I wonder what his spurs are. They're, I know they're huge. Yeah. They're, they're my, I have two other turkeys that I have fan-mounted in the house. I have a couple that I never did anything with. And the full-mount turkey I have, his spurs are twice as long as the other ones I yeah. have. Older bird, yeah. Usually, you hear guys on hunting shows. Oh, oh that's a three-year-old, or you know, yeah. <clears throat> if they get that long, see, I'm like not that intelligent. It's a tree, to... it's a tree hanger. Yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> can hang them upside down. By I, I like birds. seeing. Yeah. Um, I, I like seeing when like the more beards the turkey had. Like I saw one yeah. that had like ten beards or something just going down. Yeah. It was like seven or ten. It was. Nuts. I did one with five beards one time. It was really cool. Really, it was yeah. super cool. Yep. So yep. that would be really neat. I know they have a scoring system for birds. It's not like it's, it's not recognized because. North, it's not really a part of the North American big game, but mm-hmm. um, what I wanted to bring up real quick is we all had our teeth sent out to get aged for oh, our yeah, deer. Yeah, um, those should be coming back in May, right? Yep, yep, should be back in May. Yep. We'll, we'll do another cool. full blown episode on everything to talk yeah. about did deer we, age. Yeah. Oh man, did we have uh, did we have a bet going on? Like who? Well, we should age? we should throw a wager on yeah. because we we've talked about this on several on a good a handful of episodes. So yeah, Eric's buck is in to get aged scientifically aged if you missed last time these the teeth get sent in the way i believe they moisturize them 
cut them and dye them. And yeah, they cut them across horizontally. And then look then at them through like a microscope. Put them in a blue dye and then count the rings in the microscope like a like a tree. Like a tree, counting rings on a tree. And then I'll give you the true yep. actual age of the animal. Yep. And I, I, I don't know. I always mix up my my decision. Eric's deer was just an old Iowa brute. What do you think? You thought seven, right? I'm, I was thinking seven. Yeah. And yours is. Five? Yeah, I was thinking seven and a half, eight to mine. Yeah. Mine, I, mine's Five. four and a half for sure. I'd almost bet. Yeah. Um. So we have Eric's deer, which I'm going to call seven. What would you call it, Mark? Just curious. Yeah, it's either six and a half, seven and a half. I'm guessing. What if it's older? Uh, then I'll be impressed. I will be very impressed. Yeah. Yeah. The cool he thing is, is a, this guy gives you a certificate, so we'll know. Yeah, yep. You yep. get a little get certificate of authenticity and stuff like that. And you guys yeah. remember did not get, get the, you guys got the same the teeth. They didn't get mixed up, right? Right. Yeah. We well, got, that was we Mark. Got, yeah. So Mark and tell. individual Ziploc baggies. Yep. So um, I'm guessing mine's four and a half. Um, Trevor's antlered velvet doe is in there. I'm yeah. very curious to see what I that one goes. I think that's at least four, maybe five. I, I wouldn't sure. know. I wouldn't know how to guess. On Derek's that. is a big deer. Derek's is an old deer, I think. You think so? Yeah, I think so. I don't think Trevor's... I'm going to say this live. I'm saying Trevor's is... I don't think Trevor's 10-pointer's as old. You think it's three and a half? I think it's three and a half or four and a half. I don't think really? it's... Really? I don't half. know. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw three and a half on Trevor's buff. By the teeth. By looking at the teeth. It's a stud deer. But yeah, I think I mean, it's just got great genetics. genetics yeah, genetics play yeah. a big role because I measured that deer. I can't remember. I, I green scored it, so it wasn't an official measure. Mm-hmm. I don't remember exactly. Don't hold me to it. I think between 49, 48 and 51 in there somewhere. Yeah, I think so. That's and, I was going to say something like that. So if it's a three-and-a-half-year-old, it's got killer genetics. Yeah, um, yeah. As a four-and-a-half-year-old, that deer would have been, yeah. if it say it was three-and-a-half, if it was at four-and-a-half, yeah, high sixties. High sixties. That's what I was gonna say. Oh, yeah. One sixty-five, you know, one sixty-seven, somewhere in there. You know, my buck. If he was four and a half, we'll find out. Five and a half. Yeah. One mid one fifties as yeah. an eight could have turned into a ten pointer by yeah. then. I don't know. Yep. Derek's deer had a big face, nose to eye measurement, big head. Right. And it just, it's a. But big, didn't mine have the biggest? Deer. And we and we we were like, yeah, it's four four and a half right away. But mine yeah. had, had an eight and a half eight inch, inch or something. Eight, eight and a half. Mine's got to have a real short one. Yeah, I think so. I think yeah. The way with the nose, and yeah. Everything. Yep. So yeah, I'll be interested to see what Derek's does because that was an old brute. That mm-hmm. this deer had his eye gouged out by another buck. Yeah. Fighting. Yep. Just that's probably the only reason why he killed it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding, Derek. Turned my bad eye to child. Yeah. <laughs> he was a pirate. Yeah. Derek shot a pirate buck. Didn't see it coming. That's what we should have named that deer the pirate buck. Yeah, pirate buck. Put a patch on it. No, it's Fetty. Put an eye patch on it. Fetty buck. Cyclops. Fetty buck. Seventeen thirty-eight is what he scored. <laughs> but it'll be really interesting. I, you know, we should make it interesting and throw throw a bet. Yeah, but we should jot it down. We'll figure something out. But yeah. uh, I'm I, I'm really excited for that. Hopefully, it's it's pretty yeah, it soon. Should be in May. I'll have to talk to that guy see if he'll do a podcast. He yeah. could probably come. You know, get on the phone and tell us more than we ever knew. Right. Yeah, that's a good idea. You know. Yeah, he probably. It's, uh, I believe it was up in Michigan, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, dude, I have the paper somewhere. Right? It's in that stack right there somewhere yeah. about the guy's website number. We'll, we'll get that to you guys eventually. So if you ever want, was it, 25 <laughs> bucks a person? What yeah. if he gets up there yep. and he's just like, he's like, guys, I got to come clean. I have a guilty conscience. We don't know what we're doing. We're just <laughs> taking people's money. Yeah. So, we no com. And he did say, um, when I called him, it was like the uh, what the tenth of March or something like that, and he was like, "Dude, you got to give me those teeth now." 
And I'm like, oh, why? Why? He goes, there's a deadline, you know, to be oh, able to really? get a certain price. He goes, if you don't make it past that deadline, it's 50 bucks a set of teeth. Oh, really? Oh, 25. And I'm like, holy cow, why is there a deadline? He goes, well, we have to send them to the lab, and we want to send a great big bulk at once. Oh. We want to have them by March 1st at the mm. latest. He goes, we don't want to send one here and then one then right. another set. It'd be too expensive. Right. Yeah, it'd be too expensive to ship them and stuff like that. So, hmm. <clears throat> Interesting. Yep. Well. We'll find out. I don't know. Yeah. I wonder how, is there a sign? There's got to be a scientific way to age turkeys. I'm sure there is. There's got to yeah, be. Yeah, there probably is somehow. somehow. I wouldn't yeah. know. The size of their cloaca hole. <laughs> <laughs> you measure the inner diameter of the yeah. cloaca. Oh, man, he's a, man, that's a three millimeter, maybe man. That's a big old boy. <laughs> maybe you cut the spur and count the rings. <laughs> man. The size oh. of his snood. I'm just thankful. <laughs> I'm thankful that humans don't have cloacas. Yeah, that'd be awkward. <laughs> what a it? weird life we'd live. Yeah. What a weird Probably life. Probably wouldn't be that bad. A lot of people don't even know what waddles are. You guys know what waddles I don't know what a waddle yeah, is. Yeah, isn't he a hunter? No, that's Waddell. <laughs> oh, <laughs> he's cool, but... Ain't he the guy from Bone Collector? <laughs> Ain't that that guy? Yeah, guy. No, Waddles. Yeah, that's how I used to walk when I was a kid. You know how they got that? He still walks. <laughs> <laughs> if you look at a turkey head below its beak, you know, down on its lower part of the neck... A the bubblegum-looking stuff? Yeah, the bubblegum-looking stuff. It's just bright red. They're actually Waddles, and they will be smaller in the, in the summer or in the wintertime. Mm-hmm. And then in the springtime... They fill with blood and just swell up, and you can, I mean, if you see a real excited turkey, he'll have this big red neck, and his waddles will I got to do something with that blood since he's got to quote it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then that little conical yeah. piece of skin that comes off the top like of their nose. Like hangs off the side of their nose. Is their snood, and that thing, it'll get real short, and then they can relax it, and it'll hang off the side of their face. Three, four inches long. Is that where you get people are being snooty? Yeah, is that snooty, where you think yeah. You're from? turning your nose up. Yeah, you're yeah. Is that what that's from? Yeah, I don't know. It, it sounds it's gotta good. be. It's yeah. gotta be. Yeah. Wow. And, that's amazing. Uh, but I don't know why the snood. I would assume when they are excited and about ready to fight, maybe the snood so shortens don't get up. injured or something. Yeah, and when they're relaxing and showing off, they let it hang down and get swollen and bigger and look. Ah, uh, cool. so they're a shower, not a grower. All right. Yeah. <laughs> it's just it's such a weird animal, and it's um, there's just so much to them that people take for granted. You don't really realize, you know, turkeys got all these crazy parts, and they do this like it's a fascinating animal, yeah. and it's hard to really appreciate it because yeah. you just you usually wouldn't even know mm-hmm. right and yeah. it's kind of a shame yeah yeah you, you know you have this really amazing animal that lives in the midwest in illinois and people will think there's just nothing to see in illinois yeah, like just a stupid bird right, right. yeah like no. go out and watch some turkeys you know yeah. get film them do something you know yeah. i'll be yeah. filming some tomorrow i'm super I hope you do i hope yeah. brandon kills one yeah i hope he does too i gotta take his chair i'm staying at his house hope, tonight guys I, I hope he teaches you a thing you guys or having two. a slumber yeah. party hey yeah we are <laughs> Guess um, what? Guess what I'm wearing out there. He doesn't know that yet. Bone so. collector sweatpants. Oh yeah. Oh buddy, it's <laughs> happening. Um, but really, you know, we talk turkeys all episode, and I'm I could probably talk turkeys for a long time. Oh, They're yeah. a, such an interesting animal, and there's so many questions I have, and there's just so much we can get into detail about them and things we don't know, and that's probably why we can talk about them like this is because it's just they're fascinating. Um, so yeah, we just wanted to do a turkey episode because it's you know prime turkey hunting in the south and the midwest it's just firing off all over the place um and a lot of people don't know what turkey taxidermy entails and um you know it took him involves it took mark uh, 
like about forty five minutes just to describe the process. And we could keep going because yeah, we could keep going. Detail. So like yeah. you know, just if you don't like if you and obviously each step is going to take more than one minute. Yeah. <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? Right? <laughs> yeah. At I, minimum, I so, bet you there's twenty five. 30 hours easy in a turkey. That's insane. That's maybe, a full work maybe week. Maybe more. That's like a Steve maybe, double shift yeah, work week. Maybe more. <laughs> that's why I should charge more. Yeah. You know, if you, you know, really I wouldn't blame did, you did the math, I'm probably not making as much per hour. Yeah, all those for, cotton balls and... Yeah, yeah. And that's one thing. If you call around to your taxidermist and say, hey, how much you charge for a turkey? Because everybody's, you know, so worried about the money. Right. Well, you're going to get prices from... Four or five hundred bucks, all the way up to nine hundred thousand dollars for a turkey. I bet. Nine hundred thousand dollars for one turkey. Two a. <laughs> if someone called me, I was like, "How much for a turkey mount?" It'd be like hundred thousand yeah, dollars. Right. Yeah. Kiss my ass. Yeah. All right. Well, I got two of them. Then in that case, uh, yeah. all right. The price is now a thousand dollars each. Yep. But yeah, I can't imagine. I wouldn't want to do it, Mark. To be honest. Yeah. No. Um, no, I don't either. Actually, actually, there's like I said, a lot of people. So there's guys that wholesale birds and they'll just, right. you'll, everybody in the country will send their birds to them. And I am like teetering on the fence about doing that just because scabbing right. out. All right. And you know all what right. I, you know what I'm like, well, I mean, you gotta nothing have nothing leaves my house. I no. can't let anybody else touch my right. stuff. Right. You know, and if I'm willing to do that, but I will, if I do that, you know, I will send it to the best in the world guys. I don't, you know, I don't mess right. around. Well, yeah, it's your name on it at the yeah. end of the day when yeah. they pay you. And it's, when Mark says that, it really is true. Like nothing gets, no corners get cut at all. Oh yeah, it's oh, yeah. it's got to be perfect, and that's why I'm glad I, I did kind of basically an internship with you. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, I wasn't able. Life happened. We're not even able to keep up on it. But mm-hmm. it's just it's insane. I wish that I'm glad I went to tax summary school, but I wish I just found you first yeah. and everything just would have worked out. Yeah. But um, yeah, you're you're incredible. You're definitely talented. You are an artist and people who don't appreciate taxidermy like hunters do you know you should probably do some research and if you listen to this this far you understand it's it's yeah. an art it's an art yeah. form yeah the tip of the day is this do your homework when you find a taxidermist it's like a tattoo if, artist if you don't and if you don't know what a deer looks like or a turkey looks like look at reference pictures and stare at them and look at each individual piece of that bird this wing, that wing, this feather track, this head, right. <laughs> and figure out what they look like or take a picture with you to your taxidermist. Your taxidermist will be pissed that I told you this. But <laughs> take a picture and look at the deer's ear butts. Look at his nose. Look at his eyes. Look at the shape of his eyes. Look at the detail finish work. You know, there's so much that goes into it, and there's... When I got out of taxidermy school, I went to a really good school, and the guy said, when you get out of here, you will be better than 90% of the taxidermists that are already out there. And we're like, dude, we just started. We've been here nine weeks. How are we going to be better than 90% of the taxidermists out there? And he said 90% of them learn through magazines, VHS tapes, books, things like that. With the the money you invested to come to this great school – is going to save you so much, and you will be better than 90%. And he says, and when you guys get home, I get all these phone calls back to me saying, you were wrong. We're better than 95% of the taxidermists (laughs) out there. And believe it or not, it's quite possibly true because it's just there's that much bad taxidermy going on. There is a lot of bad taxidermy. There is. Uh, 
People just don't know. And the hunters don't know what they look like. Which is very sad. Yeah. yeah they I, walk uh, in, they look at that rack, and, oh, God, it, it looks good. We, yep. mm-hmm. we got short on time. This question I wrote down, I wanted to ask you, you know, what's when you're doing a turkey, what's worse? Like somebody that shoots it with a bow and opens that, that up or somebody that shoots like a like a gun kill? You know, which one is more of a process to try and. Archery is probably worse because, the, you know, the big broadheads cutting feathers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The good thing with turkeys, depending on where you shoot them, got a lot of feathers. You can cover a lot of stuff up gotcha. by adjusting feathers. But. One bad thing is when somebody shoots a turkey with a shotgun at 10 yards, <laughs> you're going to blow Blast that head thing. apart. Yep. <laughs> and basically, you basically may not or may be able to get your bird mounted because of that reason. Really? Shooting them from a distance is better, you know, 20, 30 yards, 40, whatever. Um, a lot of guys have full choke tubes in so they can reach out there and <laughs> them too. Oh, yeah. So, but don't be discouraged if you blow its head off. You can get replacement turkey heads. I can order them from, you know, guys that kill them and don't mount them and they sell the heads. Right. So you can still mount it. You just might not get your head. Yeah. So much. It, there's just so much about turkeys. That when, when I send it's, the it's turkeys out to have the heads done and sent back to me, freeze dried and painted, I believe it's like it's been a little bit since I've done one. I think it's a hundred and eighty seven dollars oh. to have a turkey head freeze dried, painted, and sent back to me ready to go. Minus the shipping. So you're talking two hundred oh. bucks just to have the head done. So when I tell you it's seven hundred bucks to have a turkey mounted. Don't be surprised. Does your yeah. UPS driver know what he's bringing you? Yeah, we have fun we have fun talks. Okay. <laughs> See, it's just amazing. Tip of the day also appreciate your tax service, yes. man. Yeah. Um, Make sure you patient. give them 100 bucks over them. retail. <laughs> you know be patient with them because they have a lot of work to do. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mark, <laughs> Mark, if you guys didn't know, is part of the working class bow hunter crew, and we need to have you on more often because you're just too damn good. <laughs> okay. You are, man. You just your knowledge is insane. You he's are. You're you're an animal encyclopedia. encyclopedia. Yeah, he's the best kind of book when we don't have to read and it just explains everything. Yeah. He's an audio book. I'm just going to yeah. tell you how to do it. Yeah. yeah. Um, but thanks for coming on again. You Thank know you're you. always welcome here. Um, yeah, where can it. we find you? Thanks for having me. Well, I know where we can yeah. find you. Where yeah, can... you can find me anywhere. Uh, <laughs> where can other people find you? Yeah, I got a Creative Critters page on Facebook, uh, and then uh, Instagram at Mark Rife Taxidermy. Um, we'll tag you in the post with yeah. the episode up on Instagram yeah. so people can I follow all your info. I'm not um, great with that stuff. All the local people and <laughs> yeah, everyone local, you know, check out Mark. It, it, I mean, if this episode doesn't convince you to go to Mark for anything you need done, I mean, I don't know what the hell is wrong with you, but, um, I mean, just <laughs> seriously, I mean, come on. it's It blows my mind how much work you put into it and how much detail that goes into it. Um, one thing we didn't do this episode, workingclassboner.com. The Steve shirts are still on pre-order. We I meant to do that at the beginning of the episode. I kind of <laughs> forgot. Um, what else? That's about it. That's about it. We got some guests coming up, some pretty good guests coming up and i think it's gonna be a lot of fun we got a lot to look forward to we here we got our shoot coming up the shoot's coming up may oh, 7th um if you want to come to the working class bow hunter shoot that's in the local area at rock island county illinois if you're anywhere near there shoot a message on facebook and we'll get you the details you need um it's kind of like a private invite only thing so just get a hold of us and then more than likely you'll be able to come so yeah Shoot us a message, workingclassbowhunter.com. Thanks, Mark, again. Yep. You Thank guys you, guys. You want to add anything? Appreciate yep. it. Good luck turkey hunting. 
Find the morels. Go shoot some goldfish. I mean carp. <laughs> <laughs> go, go shoot your bow. Later.